Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united. We're so excited about what God's doing. Uh, he is manifesting himself in our midst, and uh, we are pressing into all that he has asked us to do in the name of Jesus. Uh, you know, I want to encourage you just before we get into the message, uh, if maybe, if, if you've watched it, you may have seen it, but if not, I want to encourage you to go to our YouTube channel, Roku channel, uh, the Faith Builders Little Rock Feed, and uh, uh watch Sunday night service because at the end of that service, the Lord really said some things uh, through Pastor Michelle and myself and uh, uh, Prophet Leonard Ford that I believe uh, are uh, marching orders for the season and the year that we're in. Uh, So I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, and this is where we'll begin. We want to continue with this series that we have been on Uh, Let Us Draw Near, this is the 12th part of this series, and we're dealing with uh, renewing the mind, we're dealing with uh, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, Uh, we're dealing with uh, these issues that will cause us to not be near to God, these things that will cause us, and, and when I say that, I don't mean not to be near to God because He's rejecting us, but because there's something that's stopping us from moving into the place uh, that we can be and ought to be. And uh, Hebrews 10.22, the first part of that verse says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Now that phrase, draw near, it means to be near, to worship, or to draw near. And so I've made the statement over and over in this series that the goal of the Christian life is maturity. The goal of of the Christian walk is to progress, all right? Many are still living uh, with a arm's length relationship with God, all right? Meaning that they have not matured past that. They've not progressed past that when God desires that they draw near, all right? But there's things that must be done in order to see that occur. Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, and uh, of course verse 1 says, and we've been going to this verse quite frequently, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so we've talked about this, but we'll continue to look at it. He says, this is your reasonable service to present your bodies to God. Well, that word reasonable, some translations say rational, some uh, center column references say rational. Um, and But that word rational, that word that is used there, 
it, it means something different here than we think. We, we think rational and we think it just makes sense to do this. But this word rational, this reasonable, in other words, it's saying this. This is not something that you can do without thinking about it. All right? This is something you have to intentionally do. You have to intentionally present your body a living sacrifice. All right? You have to intentionally do that on a consistent basis. Now, I've heard ministers say, you know, I've, I've went a period of time and didn't even know I had a body. I understand what they're saying, and I agree with that, that you can get to the place where your body has less and less and less and less of a voice in your life. But you don't get to that place without consistently, intentionally, all right, presenting your body a living sacrifice. That word present, we've talked about how the, in the, 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 the uh, Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, that that word is used over and over again uh, for the sacrifices that were presented to the high priest to take before the Lord for the sins of the people. You present your body a living sacrifice, and you do that every day. You do that every day. You do that consistently. Because when we were born again, we became a new creature in Christ. We became a brand new individual in our spirit. All right? We were reborn, created in the image of God, in our spirit. But here's something that we know. That did not have a direct impact on my body or my mind because they didn't change. Now, a very simple illustration of this is, is simply this. If you were tall when you got born again, you're still tall. If you were short, you're still short. All right? That may be an oversimplification, but your body didn't change. Well, neither did your mind. Now, I said last week, there was some impact on your mind. There, there, there were some things, for instance, uh, I've talked about when Pastor Michelle got saved and she got born again, uh, uh, all of the, the desire for uh, uh, substance abuse, just left her. She was instantly delivered. Well, there was definitely an impact on her thinking when that occurred, but how many know that she had to get up every day and live her life like a free person and present her body a living sacrifice and consistently renew her mind, or she would have fell back into the same patterns? It was something she had to do consistently. If you've uh, 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 experienced any deliverance in your life, the desire may have been taken from you, but at some point you were confronted with a thought or you were confronted with a feeling or a desire, and you had to cast down the imagination and present your body a living sacrifice and renew your mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the body or the mind did not change. Neither did the appetites or the inclinations of the body and the mind. I remember a, a, a very uh, 
Uh, it can be humorous, but it's a very uh, powerful story. When Mac Gober, Mac was a, a friend of mine, when Mac uh, had gotten saved out of the biker lifestyle he was a part of, and he went to the little church he was going to, and they had an evangelist in there, and he was there with a the girl that he was living with. All right, now he's saved. He's on the streets getting other people saved, getting other people born again. He's born again. God has delivered him. God has set him free, has set him free. But notice what I'm saying. He comes to church with the girl he's living with. They're not married. They're living together. So he's saved, but they're, the old folks would say, they're fornicating. Well, the evangelist happened to be preaching that night on fornicators. And he said, you know, fornicators, all fornicators will go to the lake of fire. Well, Mac's sitting back there thinking, boy, them fornicators are bad people. And he goes up after, the, after church and he's talking to the evangelist and he says, boy, them, them fornicators are bad people. And he goes, what's a fornicator? And he said, somebody that's living, in, uh, in, uh, uh, living with a person outside of marriage or having sex with a person outside of marriage. And Max said, it hit me. That's me. And he said, I went back to the woman I was living with. I said, Mama, you got to go because we can't be fornicating. Now, that's a very simple story, kind of humorous, but here's the point. What happened at that moment? His mind got renewed to something. See, he loved the Lord. He was born again. He was saved. But those natural inclinations had not changed. There had to be a maturity there. Now, notice what was helping his mind be renewed. The word that he was hearing in the local church. Hallelujah. Do you see this? You know, we come to church and we worship together and we lift our hands and we praise God and we glorify God. And that's worship and that's right and we need to do that consistently. But listen... How we live is worship as well. How we live our lives is worship to God. And when we keep our bodies under, when we keep our minds renewed, it is worship that God accepts. All right? One translation, the Amplified Bible says that presenting your body is your, is, is your act of spiritual worship. So when I keep my body under and I renew my mind according to the word of God, that is worship that God accepts. Look at the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah chapter 55. Now, we've looked at this verse, but this is so important because of what it tells us about our mind. Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, when a lot of people read this, and religion reads that, they say, yep, see, God's ways and God's thoughts are so high, they're just past finding out. It's not what he said. He did not say, you cannot think my thoughts or walk in my ways. 
this is what he did say. He's letting these people know that he's writing to here through the prophet Isaiah that he's saying this is what is happening right now. You are not thinking my thoughts and you're not walking in my ways. You're not thinking like me and you're not acting like me. We can think God's thoughts and here's why. Because his thoughts have been written down in his word. What God thinks is in his word. If you want to know how God thinks, read the word. Hallelujah. That, that's what always gets me, is somebody on TV, uh, uh, and, and, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that's uh, uh, not a minister. I've heard ministers do the same thing. But you'll hear people say, they'll, they'll make a statement about God. Well, God, God would not do this, and, and, and you know, uh, or God is this, or Jesus preached this, or whatever. And it will go completely contrary to what the Word says. If you want to know how God thinks, you've got to get in God's Word in order to know how He thinks. And then when you know how he thinks, you can begin to think that way. Hallelujah. Because when I see how God thinks, I can change my thoughts to line up with his. Do you see that? I, I remember one of the, the biggest things that impacted my life. And, and what it was was this. was I, I got born again. And, uh, of course, I got born again very young, but I, I, I backslid from the Lord for a period of time, and I came back to the Lord, and I had a lot of renewing in my mind to do. And one of the things that I had to renew my mind to, of course, was the fact that I was righteous and in right standing with God. And I thank God that I got a hold of that, and, and I got a hold of the fact that God was a good God, and God cared about us, and God wanted things to go good in our life. But, man, the, the, the sticking point was prosperity. And what I mean by that, it was so hard. It, it seems so hard to get God to prosper me. How do I get God to do that? Amen. But I remember taking a 40-day period of time, my wife and I, taking a 40-day period of time and determining that we're going to find out what the Word says about prosperity. That we're going to just find out what God said in his word about us prospering. And we shut off the TV. We didn't listen to anything that didn't, didn't have to do with prosperity and finances. Uh, 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 we had uh, uh, put the money together and, and gotten a, uh, a tape series and uh, a video series of the 98 Finance Convention at the, at the, the, the World Dome uh, Creflo's Church in uh, uh, College Park, and we were watching those tapes and listening to those cassettes. And here's, here's the point. What began to happen during that 40-day period of time was my mind started changing because I started seeing it the way God saw it. I started thinking in line with what he said. 
And I remember the night that it became a revelation to me that I will never be broke another day in my life. Everything changed. Now, I'm not putting a formula out there that if you do this for 40 days, I was already in the Word about this. I was studying the Word about this. I was, I was arming myself with the Word. But what I decided to do was just go on a total immersion diet and immerse myself in what God said. What happened? It, it helped renew my mind. Now, I've had to continue to renew my mind. That's been 23, 24, almost 25 years ago. But I've had to continue to renew my mind. I could have never believed God to bring us out of debt had I not first believed God and saw in His Word that it was His will for me to prosper, and then my mind could be renewed, and once your mind is renewed, you can believe God for what you're seeing. Amen. Pastor Michelle and I have put some things, we, we put our house, our house, the price, the, the, the amount we owe on our house, we put it in the crosshairs of our faith. God's going to pay that off. Now, how do I know that? Because that's his will. See, I can think that way. Oh, glory. We have to settle the fact, now listen, that God knows best. God knows best. Now, if you say that to the average person, they'll go, well, yeah, of course God knows best. But then that same person will not accept something that God wants to bring into their life. And when they refuse to do that, they are basically saying they know more than God does. Let's take some very, very, very elementary examples. When somebody sits in a church service that doesn't know God, that's not born again, and the Word is presented, and the Word is preached to them, and then the opportunity to receive Christ is given, and they sit in their chair and refuse to respond to the Word of God, what are they saying? I know more than God knows. Amen. When, 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 when somebody that's sick in their body sees in the Word of God that it's God's will to heal, that, that, that the Scripture lines it out plainly, that it is God's will to heal, and they refuse it. Well, you know, I just believe. See, there's a problem. If you, you have to condition your mind and your response mechanisms to be this, if I see it in the Word, that's how I think. Because what people will do is they'll hear something in the Word and then they'll go, well, I know that, but here's what I think. Well, let me see if I can say this nicely. Who cares what you think? If, right? If, if you see it in the Word, then how I think doesn't matter. Other than it'll stop me from receiving what's in the Word. Do you see this? So when you see what God's offering and a person refuses it, then they're saying, I know more than God does. If God is God, 
then he knows better than anybody else because he's God. Right? And he is. When I came back to the Lord, you know, I submitted my life to him as my Lord. I was, my, my life was just a mess. All right? It, it didn't take more than a couple years, two, two and a half years, for me to figure out this is not a good life. Amen. I might not have been the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I figured out real quick this is going nowhere fast. Hallelujah. And so I did the best I could to get that wagon turned around. Amen. It, it, it took me a little bit. You know, it's like the old country song, give me 40 acres and I'll turn this rig around. So it, it took me a, a little bit, but I, I, I got it turned. And when I came back to the Lord, I was just so glad to be back in fellowship with God and to have my life submitted to God. I remember the day. I remember the day in Lenexa, Kansas, in my apartment off of 95th Street in Lenexa, Kansas, early in the morning, 4, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm walking through the living room, reading the Word, all right, reading Romans chapter 8. And it, it talked about there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And it's like that scripture just rose up and looked at me and I realized, you know, I've submitted my life to God. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am in Christ. I was just so excited at that moment just to have my life submitted back to God. Back to the Lord. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. All of my thinking didn't change. There were still things I had to change in my thinking. I was just glad to be back in fellowship with God. But I had a lot of mind renewal to do. And, and here's why. As soon as we are born, our minds start being programmed. As soon as we are born... If, if you think about this, uh, you know, for, for instance, if you think about what you believe and why you believe it, well, you had, might have to have changed some of what you believe, but there are people watching tonight, you were basically raised in church. That began to form your thinking at a very early age. There are people that are born that never have that influence from a very early age, and you can see it in their thinking. You can see it in the way they do things. Hallelujah. And so when you factor in all the different elements that, that buy for control of our thinking, first of all, th think about this for, for children, especially when they're young children, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, Big influence on how that child thinks. Right? Big influence on how that child thinks. There, there, there are children that grow up thinking there's no reason to go to church. Why, why do they think that way? Because that's the information that was put in their mind. There, there, there are children that grow up with mom and dad taking them to church, but, but then dropping them off and not staying. So they grow up thinking that's how things are done. Then there are people like you that bring your kids to church and worship God with them and pray with them at home and read the word with them at home 
and speak blessings over them and declare the blessings of God over their lives, now what's going to happen with that child? They're going to grow up with that mindset. Amen. Well, then you factor in friends. Your, your child's friends have an impact on how they think. That's why Paul said, don't be deceived. Evil companionships corrupt good manners. Because they have an input into how that child thinks. Amen. What, what about TV? You know, I remember when I was growing up as a kid, I mean, there were messages against TV back then, and we only had three channels. <laughs> I mean, they called it a one-eyed devil back then, and there was only three channels. What, what would they say today when the basic channel on cable is like, what, 75 channels? And then there's 150. I saw one one time advertised like 260 channels. And I thought, who has the time to watch 260 channels? If I had 260 channels, I would do nothing but flip. Well, here's my point. So the average child born today has all of that information that's trying to control the way they think. And then what about social media right at their fingertips? So you've got all of this information vying for the control of that child's mind. And so by the time that child is, is grown, an adult, a young adult, they have had multiplied thousands of hours of information pumped into their brain into their mind. Hallelujah. And that's why you have to consistently renew your mind because every day there's information vying for the control of your thinking. Hallelujah. I was thinking of something today, something somebody had said about the times and talking about how rough they were or whatever. And what just came up in my spirit was, yeah, but the scripture says that the pathway of the righteous grows brighter and brighter. And so how can the righteous say that, that well, boy, things are getting worse when the Bible says they're growing brighter and brighter? See, this is important because that's what keeps your mind renewed. Hallelujah. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, the uh, 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 Jewish scripture says, and even when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Now, I'm not talking about uh, uh, child raising. What I'm talking about is the mind and renewing the mind. Notice what it says. It says, with the child, you train him up. Well, that word train means to dedicate. I like this. It means to narrow to narrow, all right? In, in, in other words, you give them the road they should walk on, right? You direct them. Uh, some say, some scholars say that means to bend, all right? You bend a child the way that you want them, him or her to go. Well, how do you do that? By influencing their thinking. By influencing their thinking. I remember one time my wife was talking to our daughters 
and she made the statement to them. She said, the women in this family are made of better stuff than that. We don't fall apart. Man, that impacted me. Why? Because she's putting something in them. She's putting something in them. You're strong, right? Well, the Bible over and over again makes that statement to you and I, be strong and very courageous, right? Why? Because the Lord's given you every place the sole of your foot shall touch. That, that, this is so important because, because if, if, if you're not if you're not constantly doing this and constantly renewing your mind, other informational sources are going to try to grab your thinking and get you to think that way. Right? Hallelujah. I, I remember when uh, Leroy Thompson was standing in line at the grocery store and he said there was a guy in front of him buying some beer. And he said he was behind him. And the guy paid for his uh, whatever he was buying, beer and some other stuff. And he looked at uh, Leroy and he said, boy, money sure goes. And Leroy said, I was standing there and I said, yeah, yeah, money goes. And he said he walked out in the parking lot and the Lord said that was wrong. He said, money doesn't go, money comes. And that's when he got the revelation, money coming. Right? But what did God have to do? He had to change his thinking had to change his thinking. And there are multitudes of people that would not have the victory financially if his thinking hadn't changed. Hallelujah. So every one of us have had our minds influenced greatly by this world. And that's why we have to renew our minds every day. Because there's a continual attempt to program our minds. There's a continual attempt to get us to think in line with what the world's thinking. Notice, let's go back to Romans 12. Because uh, you can slip into that way of thinking. And you know, when you, when you look at the world and you look at the way things are in the world, we, we were talking about children and and, and, and their thought processes. You know, as moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas and, and aunts and uncles, people that have influence over our children, you know, there are people in our society right now that they think they know better for your kids than what you do. And, and they really want to limit the amount of influence you have on them and increase the amount of influence they have on them. Now, I'm saying that for a reason. So you'll notice that this system, this world system, is always trying to control the thinking. Get them to think in line. This is, this is what Paul said. Hallelujah. He said in verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And, and we'll get more into this being conformed uh, in messages coming up, but I want you to see something. This is what Paul said. Stop being conformed and start being 
transformed. How? By renewing your mind. And I talked about this in a couple of other messages. That word renewing, it means a renewal, a renovation, a complete change for the better. A complete change for the better. So God created us, notice, with a mind that has the ability to think his thoughts. My mind can think his thoughts. He created us with the authority to take authority over our minds and our bodies and bring them into submission to the word. He created us with that authority. Hallelujah. And what you've got to understand is for the believer, really for anybody, but especially for the believer, the only sure and reliable source of information is the Word. God's Word is the only sure and reliable source of information. And, and I don't have time to get into a lot that's going on in the world, but, but listen, if, if, if you believe all the information the world's putting out, you're in trouble. The only sure and reliable source of information is the Word. That's it. It's the only one. Uh, in Isaiah 55, again, he uh, makes a statement in verse 10. Notice, for as the rain cometh down from, and snow from heaven, and returneth not hither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Hallelujah. So he is saying just as sure as the process for the natural world works, the rain comes from heaven, the snow comes from heaven, it waters the earth, the earth brings forth in buds. He says, just like that process is sure, so shall the word of God be. It will not return void. You see? It will not return void. It will accomplish what it is sent to do. Just as sure. Hallelujah. You know, it'll start raining, and somebody will say, you know, hey, this is really good for the crops. This is going to be good for our lawns. Boy, the lawns are going to grow. The crops are going to grow. Why do we say that? Because we know how the process works. Rain gives that area, that crop, that lawn, that piece of land what it needs to be fertile. And the Word says that just like that, the Word of God will not return void. It will not return empty. It will not return without making a profit. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. So that's why we've got to get the Word down on the inside of us because of what it will produce. When I get the Word down on the inside of me, it starts producing something. Hallelujah. 
And, 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 and that's why when Jesus talked about in Mark chapter 4, the, the, the soil that produced was the soil that heard the word, received the word, and did something with the word. There, there were three other types of soil. One of them heard the word and didn't receive it. The other one heard it and received it but did nothing with it. The third one heard it, received it, and it started producing, and they allowed things to choke it out. The, the fourth type of soil, which was the good ground, heard, received, and brought forth. And, and that's, that's the goal for the Christian, is that I hear the word, I get the word on the inside of me, and then the word begins to produce in me what God said it would. Glory be to God. Because the Word will produce exactly what God said it would produce. If you read in the Word, for instance, my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You get that down deep on the inside of you and it's not long before all of your need is supplied. Why? Because there's a harvest on the seed. My God shall supply all my need. There's a harvest on that. Amen. If, if, if you plant grass seed in your yard, which some of us have done, and we'll see it in spring, we'll, we'll, we'll get the work for it. Right? And it, it'll be beautiful. But here's the thing. When you sow grass seed, you know turnips don't come up. Grass seed comes up. Right? When you sow wheat seed, soybeans don't come up. Wheat comes up. When you look at the word as a seed, that's what Jesus said. Mark chapter 4, the sower sows the word. When you sow that word, my God shall supply all of my need. You will not get a harvest of lack off that seed. You will not get a harvest of poverty off that seed. What will you get? A harvest of my God shall supply all my need. What will the harvest be? All my needs supplied. See, this, this is how simple it is. But my mind has to be renewed to that. How, how does that happen? By getting the word down deep on the inside of me. Hallelujah. See, and, 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 and that's how it works with anything. When you run into a Christian and they say, well, you know, we're just sinners saved by grace. We can't help but sin. That's the seed they've had planted, and that's the harvest they're getting. If that person will get in the word and read where it says, whatsoever is born of God sinneth not, and the wicked one doesn't touch him, that sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under law, but you're under grace, and they're sowing that seed on the inside of them, then what they're going to get is victory over sin. Glory be to God. Because the Word will produce exactly what God said it would produce. The Lord told me years ago, he said, I can be depended upon to do exactly what my word says. Exactly. That was 23 years ago now. I can be depended upon to do exactly what my word says. 
That's important because it renews your mind. Hallelujah. There are things that have to be programmed out of us. Whatever it may be, if you recognize it, there are things that have to be programmed out of you. And the only way that you do that is getting in the Word. Getting the Word on the inside of you. We, we've quoted this verse over and over again and read it, but James 1.21, it says, Wherefore lay aside all wickedness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted, the implanted word that's able to save your soul. And that save your soul involves the renewing of the mind and the presenting of your body as a living sacrifice. But notice, he says the way to do that is get the word implanted in you. Not just hear it, get it in you. All right? When I found out what the Word said, here's the thing. I just went for it. I just, I just went for it. When I found out what the Word said, I just went after it. Tell, tell your neighbor, just go after it. When I found out what the Word said, I just went for it. But listen, there were times my mind would try to challenge what the Word said. Hallelujah. There were times my mind would try to challenge what the Word had said to me. Well, if you're healed, why do you still feel sick? If you're blessed, why don't you have all the money you need? Now, now people will, will hear that, and religion will hear that, and say, well, we're just being realistic. No, listen. Your view of reality must come from what the Word says. So people will say, well, you're believing that you're uh, prosperous, but in reality, you're broke. No. You might see some evidence of lack, but in reality, I'm blessed. In reality, my need is met according to His riches in glory. In reality... Everything I touch is blessed. Right? In reality. And what am I doing? I'm renewing my mind to the reality of the Word. Whew! Do you see that? And then, and then that begins to color how I see everything. So it will it, try to challenge the Word. We have to make a choice to make our minds think like the Word. No, we're going to think this way. Hallelujah. I, I've had people say something before. They'll, they'll talk about maybe buying a home, and, and they'll warn people, well, you know, home ownership is nice, but, uh, you know, sometimes it can be a noose around your neck, you know. You got to make the upkeep. And you Listen, if you believe that, don't buy a house. Because you'll never enjoy it. I underlined the scripture today in my Bible that says that in my house it is filled with precious and pleasant riches. It's filled with treasures. Amen. Now, 
What does that have to do with renewing your mind? Because if, if you think that way, you'll always be limited. You'll always be limited for what you'll go after and what you'll press into. But when you look at it in reality, God doesn't just want you to have a house. He wants you to have houses. And lands. And vineyards. How about this? Bank accounts. Not just a bank account. Bank accounts. You know, it's okay to have three or four checking accounts. Amen. It's okay to have four or five savings accounts. It's okay. Renew your mind to that. Now, I'm not talking about prosperity only, but I'm saying you got to renew your mind because your mind will try to challenge you. You'll hear believers say, well, why would anyone need that kind of house? They need to renew their mind. When your mind gets renewed, you look, to some, you look at people that think small and you look at what they have and you think, why would anyone limit themselves to that? Why would anyone limit themselves to a life of sickness? Why would anyone limit themselves to a life of poverty and be okay with it? Why don't you want more? Why aren't you pressing into more? See, when your mind begins to be renewed and you begin to change your thinking, that's what you begin to think. And you start thinking, why would anyone want to live under the bondage of sin? Why would anyone want to be up one day and down the next? Why would anybody want the devil to be able to overrule them one single day? Hallelujah. Do you see that? The word has to be our foundation. The Word. Amen. Jesus made this statement, and, and I got one statement after this, and, and we'll be done. Jesus made this statement. He said, heaven and earth will pass away. My Word will never pass away. There is no other religious leader. There's no other founder of any belief system that ever made that statement. Because they can't. Notice what it said. My word, my word will never pass away. Amen. In a hundred years, nobody's going to be quoting your grandma. In a hundred years, nobody's going to be quoting Uncle Fred or preacher so-and-so that taught you a bunch of garbage. But they are going to be quoting Jesus because his word will never pass away. You got to renew your mind to that. As we keep feeding on the word, our minds stay renewed. See, that's why you want to go over the word, the scriptures about what God said about you, your confession. Hallelujah. When, when I'm driving, what's big in my mind is in my pathways life and there is no death. See, that keeps my mind renewed to that. This is important because as we feed on the word, our minds stay renewed. I made a statement Sunday, and I'll make it here in closing. 
Uh, if you don't constantly renew your mind, you fall behind in God. And there are things that God wants to do and God wants to bring into your life. And, and let me caution you with this. When you start renewing your mind, one thing that will become evident to you, not in a judgmental way, is how many people around you are not renewing theirs. And their thinking will begin to be foreign to you. Hallelujah. But as you renew your mind to the Word of God, great things will begin to happen in your life. Victories will begin to happen. Uh, sur far surpassing anything you've had up till this point. Thank you, Lord. I'll say it just that way. 2021 is going to surpass any good year you've ever had. It's going to go far above and beyond that. Hallelujah. The world says it's on a whole nother level. But understand that even if the world were to look at your life in 2021 and say it's on a whole nother level, that does not even describe what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. Because the things that are going to be released are things of the Spirit, things of the Holy Spirit, things of the moving of the Spirit of God. And when that begins to be released, all the provision for what I'm asking you to do will flow with it. All of it. That will be released. Things will be revealed in this year of 2021. Things that you've had some inclination of, but never a full grasp on. Oh, it's going to become clear. Hallelujah. And when provision starts to come into your hands, immediately when it hits your hands, the direction for it to go will come. And I will begin by bringing many out of debt. And I'll begin by bringing many to a place of financial security. Because the days are short. The time is short. And I do not need my people, says the Lord, encumbered and burdened with financial difficulty. And for those that will believe me in this year of 2021, there will be miraculous turns in their finances and there will be overwhelming, magnificent victory where it is concerned and I will set them up to be a huge blessing to the kingdom. Glory be to God. Lord, we receive that word in the name of Jesus. Father, we receive that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We received that. Hallelujah. Just stand on your feet tonight. Praise the Lord. Just lift your hands. Just say, Lord, I receive what you said. I will set myself up to be a huge blessing to the kingdom. In the name of Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. God is so good to us. Amen.